You're listening to another life-transforming message from Awakened Church with campuses in San Diego and Salt Lake City. To find out more about us, go to awakenedchurch.com. Today's message is, uh, it is about preparing ourselves. I'm getting right into it, and I don't know if I need to apologize for that, but we're going to get right into it because I feel like God is on the move. And uh, he has this message prepared for us so that we can start preparing for what God is about to do in our own life, in our church, in our family, in our businesses, all of that. And so this is a message that, uh, you know, take notes, write it all down, because God has something big planned for us. We're in the new series, uh, Joy, no, 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 what is it? Unshakable Joy! Unshakable joy. I love this series. And seriously, when you're in Utah, okay, so I was born and raised in California, not around mountains, and we were in San Diego the last 11 years or so. Utah is so beautiful. Oh my gosh. I feel like everywhere I go, I'm on this movie set. I'm like in my own little snow globe world and I wake up and there's a fire. We even had a fire in our backyard surrounded by snow. I'm like, I only see this in the movies. This is amazing. And, uh, but it's so gorgeous. Utah is just, this was created by the hands of God. It seriously is beautiful. We woke up early in the morning and I'm like, Matt, look, look, look. And you see the bright pink clouds and then it's all the mountains that are covered in white snow. And you're like, oh, this is just so beautiful. But um, yes, we live in a beautiful, beautiful place. And uh, if you are going to stay for Twisted, I recommend it. Twisted, it's such a powerful story of uh, how Scrooge got twisted. And so you can definitely, you can take some things. What I love about our church is that we don't shy away from anything. (laughs) We don't shy away from women preachers. We don't shy away in Twisted. You'll see some, you know, the the promiscuity, some uh, adultery that happened. Am I ruining it? I hope not. But, um, you know, it's real life stuff that happens. And we're not a church that is bound by religion where we have to have everything perfect. And look at us. We have this great marriage and great family, great kids and great business. Yep, we're doing this. And, you know, I drive a Mercedes and, you know, everything's good on the outside. But on the inside, we're so twisted. And, uh, and so that's why it is so worth it to stay, watch it. It's incredible. And you really do see that everything that is beautiful comes from God. You can see the distinction when it's just the beauty. They did so well with the acting, the, uh, the, the, the dancers, the, perform- the performers, and uh, the angels. They were so beautiful and glorious. And then you saw the other side those demons and the Satan. And that's why my, you know, my son was like, ah, it's so freaky. But everything that is beautiful, it just looks more like God. And then when people are turned from God, look what they look like. It's not very good. I don't want to be like that. But yes, so today is going to be a great Sunday. Um, So the title of my message is preparing for a great harvest. Preparing for a great harvest. And I'm so excited about this because I really believe that it is a message for our campus specifically. Um, It's going to happen all across, but I really feel, I want you to feel this um, joy and expectancy from God that there is a great harvest coming your way. 
um, coming our way as a church. We're going to see um, we're going to see a massive harvest of souls coming into this church and uh, and turning their their hearts to to Jesus. And there's going to be a great harvest in your in your work life. And there's things that maybe are dormant, but they're going to get sparked up again. And God's going to start moving. And there's going to be some unshakable joy that is coming your way. And what, what we can do is start preparing ourselves for this massive harvest, because I expect it. And so I'm going to give you some resources that I've learned, and I, I'm going to give you some keys that I've learned through uh, the garden that we recently acquired with the house that we got here in Utah. And uh, shout out to Amy. Amy Thomas, are you in here? Amy Thomas, she is great at gardening. And I also want to say Roland and Amanda. I thought I saw you guys. Are you guys here? Shout out to you guys. Thank you. Without you knowing it, you have helped me in my gardening life. And I appreciate it. I've actually, they've given us some of their, uh, you know, the vegetables from their garden. And I'm like, oh, one of these days I'm going to have a vegetable that looks this big. You know, that's just like a cucumber or a squash. I don't even know. And it's going to be this big. That's so... Thank you for being my coach. So I appreciate it. Um, very elementary teaching from uh, this whole idea around the garden. But I'm telling you, there are truths that we can take out of um, every single one. So preparing for a great harvest. Okay. Let's see here. Let's go. Um, Really quick, I just want to share this verse because this is what I was explaining is coming our way. It is Jeremiah 31, 12. It says, They will come home and sing songs of joy on the heights of Jerusalem. They will be radiant because of the Lord's good gifts, the abundant crops of grain, new wine, and olive oil, and the healthy flocks and herds. Their life will be like a watered garden, and their sorrows will be gone. Amen. Okay, so what are some things that I learned as I'm, you know, becoming this new gardener? It's my new title in life, as I'm becoming a gardener. So number one, the, one of the most important things, and I'm going to camp on this for a little bit, but one of the most important things is your soil. It's your soil. I'm learning all of this. And so, um, so point number one is cultivate your soil. So this is what we can do in preparing for a great harvest is we can start cultivating our soil. So in the beginning was Adam, right? And God created Adam out of the dust of the earth. So we're basically, we all have our own little ground, our own, you know, ground, soil, dirt. We all have that. And, um, you know, we were out with the porters the other night and it was interesting because, so we love sushi. And by the way, sushi here in, in Salt Lake and in Utah is way better than San Diego. No, why is this? I'm like, San Diego, get it together. Happy birthday to Pastor Jenny, too, by the way. It was her birthday recently. And, uh, and Pastor Scott, both of you guys. It's like, woo. Um, so, yes, yeah, so sushi here is amazing. And so what they were saying is that, well, did you know that there's only two sushi distributors in Salt Lake City? And uh, I said, oh, really? That's so fascinating. And, you know, we've been to a lot, of, a lot of sushi places, and there's a couple of our favorites. We love Takashi, and we love Mint. Have you guys been to those places? They're just amazing. And, uh, you know, we've been to other ones where it's like, ah, yeah, this is like San Diego level. It's not, it's not Utah level. And, and so, but what they were saying, I'm like, wow, they can only purchase from two different distributors. And she was saying, uh, 
you know, the prophet Lindsay was saying, well, in order, uh, so there's only one distinctor between, you know, like the good sushi places and the bad sushi places is it's all dictated on the chef and how the chef cuts the fish. I was like, oh my gosh, there's a message in this. There's a message. And uh, so it's how he cuts the fish and then, you know, the different ingredients that they add to, to make it just like the most amazing thing. And then we also had this really good wasabi, which is not even part of this point, but oh, great sushi places. It's just, you know, we're blessed here in Salt Lake City. We are blessed. But um, so we are all given basically a soil. So a soil that's our, our soul, our, our heart. We're all given something to work with, almost like this dirt. And, um, and so, there's, so what I learned is about soil is there's a couple things that you need to do to, to cultivate it. And, um, you know, this is the first time in my entire life that I've um, heard the word winterize. Have you guys heard of the word winterize? Winterizing? I'm winterizing this, and I'm like, how, what do you mean winterizing? Like, yeah, we have decorations everywhere, you know, like, there's snow. I don't, like, what do you want me to do to winterize? And so, um, but we heard it from Amanda and Roland that they're winterizing their garden. I'm like, okay, well, they're, you know, they don't know this, but they're my coaches, and so I'm going to go home, and I'm going to try to study how do I winterize my garden, because I need to winterize. And uh, so winterizing your garden is all about creating really good, um, healthy, and rich soil. If I get anything wrong, just talk to them, and they can correct what I say. But um, <laughs> but it's about enriching the soil. And, uh, and how you enrich your soil is, um, you know, there's something that you can add to the soil and something you can do to the soil. So one thing you can do to your soil is you need to take out the weeds. So weeds, this is really simple. Awesome. We can get this analogy. We can take out the bitterness in our world. We can take out things that, you know, we become easily angered at. We can start weeding those bad areas in our life that start cultivating in our soil. So we can start weeding that out. Um, the other thing that you do to uh, winterize is um, you can put in compost, or you're supposed to. So compost, you got to throw that all in. And... Um, you know, Amanda and Roland, you guys said this to me, and I was appalled by how you, how some people uh, winterize their garden is they add in roadkill. <gasps> yeah, I don't, I'm not saying that you guys do it, but you're telling me, right? That, is that not true? No? I Googled it, though, and people do. I Googled this, and people put in, and I was like, oh, my gosh, we just found this dead rat in our backyard. We should have put that in the garden. We should have done that. And uh, so I felt like I was missing out because, you know, we put it in the garbage, and I'm like, oh, all trash needs to go in our soil. And uh, But anyway, there's things that, um, you know, based off of Google, there are dirty, nasty, stinky things that we can start putting in and tilling into our garden. There's more disgusting things, like not as disgusting as roadkill, but um, there's more things like, um, well, this is really simple, like eggshells, that's normal, right? But then I was starting to read um, hair. Yeah, it's silent because you guys are all appalled by this too, hair. So it's like, you know, you gotta, it, you gotta get like the hair out of your comb and I think put it in, 
And then, I don't know. And then I think, you know, they're saying, yeah, dog hair too. If you use your dog hair, you can start tilling that into the garden. And then they're saying more normal things, but I was still like, what? Is, uh, Nathaniel, am I offending you right now? No. (laughs) Um, Is also an egg carton. So, you know, I guess normal. So you kind of till that up. And then there's, so anyway, just Google it and you're going to be surprised by what you can put in your garden besides the roadkill. So you start tilling this stuff in. But the other thing that you can till in with uh, that creates a good, um, healthy compost. Thank you. Because last service I kept saying mulch, but compost. So it's, it's all the good things. So the things that you got in your last season that was good, but um, it's your leftovers. So it's the leftovers of your last season. So maybe it's the vegetables, you know, it's the tomatoes that now, um, you know, the season ended. And so I can throw those in and I start saving every, all my little scraps now. I'm like, oh, we just had broccoli. Yep. We could do this and little eggs. And I have this whole like bag that sits there forever. Anyway, So the good, the bad, and the ugly are all things that you can start tilling in into your soil that actually enriches your soil and it creates nutrients for seeds to grow. I found that so interesting because um, with the soil, let me just read you a couple of scriptures so it will help us relate. Let me tell you. Let's see. Matthew 13, 23. The seed that fell on good soil represents those who truly hear and understand God's word and produce a harvest of 30, 60, or even 100 times as much as had been planted. This is a great verse to stand on. God, when I put in the seeds, I'm expecting a harvest back of either 30, 60, or 100 fold. Amen. And uh, Luke 8, 8, it says, still other seed fell on fertile soil. The seed grew and produced a crop that was 100 times as much as had been planted. When he had said this, he called out, anyone with ears to hear should listen and understand. So good soil comes from people who have the ears to hear the word of God. And so if we have ears to hear the word of God, if we start reading our Bible, if we start day and night, we're just meditating on his word day and night. That is so important for our soil, for our, for our souls, for our spirit. And then as we continue to do that, as we're meditating on his word day and, day and night, and we're just understanding and we're believing what his word says, and we walk through life and life happens. There's the good stuff in life that happens. There's the blessings that come. It's the fruit in our life that happened for that season. And, uh, you know, we have that in our life. And so we process the goodness of God um, through his word. And we say, wow, God, yeah, this was wasn't my doing. This was your doing. How amazing are you that this crop was, this harvest was able to be produced and, you know, and, and then we walk through life and some bad things could be happening to us that really stink. That's like that roadkill on the side of the street. And, uh, and then as we process that with God, as we are reading his word and trying to meditate and understand it day and night, if we walk through some hard moments then he turns all things together for good. So you have the good, the bad, and the ugly that all gets tilled in. Um, I was going through this process of cultivating what was inside of me and uh, tilling the soil of my own heart in these past four years. I've had terrible things happen that I don't wish upon anyone, but with my father dying uh, 
unexpectedly, I was at the gym, and then my mom calls me, and it's the most unexpected thing I could ever hear. My dad is the most healthy person. Um, he, he runs every single day, 40 minutes out, 40 minutes back, and then he does the sit-ups, you know, and, uh, and the push-ups and the pull-ups. And um, so he's been like our... Uh, Hallmark guy for exercise and and for just he's so healthy and so to get that phone call that was the hardest thing that I've ever had to go through and you don't wish that that the stench of death upon anyone and that that amount of pain on anyone and um, I had to walk through that terrible time in my life and continuing to meditate on the word of God day in, day and night. And, you know, he really does. He works all things to good. Um, it really processed me. It's changed me. Um, I can tell you that I am not the same person today as I was last year or four years ago since it happened or three years ago. Um, completely different person. And um, so I had to walk through all of that. I had to go through the tilling process with things that were really painful. Um, the other thing was, you know, with our, was our finances. And it literally felt like this Job moment of one thing hitting us after another. So um, it was losing my dad and going through the shock of all that. And it, honestly, it actually, it wasn't until recently that I feel like my, I'm starting to heal from just the shock of it. So it's been like a three-year, three-and-a-half-year process. And, um, and so, but we're also going through a really hard time financially. Um, it's, it's painful when you, you know, go to the, um, like go, it's Gelson's in San Diego, but, you know, you go to a supermarket and uh, you have to, you're waiting in line and you have your cart filled with food and you have your kids and then uh, the credit card doesn't go through. That is painful. It's painful to do that. And you're just trying to get food and, you know, and so what you do, you make up a lie. And you're like, oh, man, I'm so embarrassed. You know, my husband has the credit card. You know, I need to go get it. Can I just leave the cart right here? Leave the cart and then never come back. And so that's, that's painful. That's very painful. You know, the milk in that cart probably got old really quick. And, um, but going, walking through just hard times financially. And I think because of all of the craziness and just pain that we're facing, it was starting to affect our marriage. So then our marriage started to be just really painful. It's like, man, we can never connect. Um, you know, trust issues immensely. Again, I'm a changed, pers changed person, but back then, you know, I was really good at knowing my husband and his heart and how to hurt it. You know, I think that's the thing that women know. And, you know, the men trust the women with their heart. And so how you can turn it is just to be, you know, like, oh, I, I know how to get you where it really hurts. So I can say these words that are, you know, just crippling him. And, uh, you know, I was like, yeah, well this is our life, you know, da, da, da. And so completely different person. So I had to really go through the tilling and cultivating my heart through all of those, the pain. Uh, you know, of course, you guys know the story of Asher. And, you know, it was about uh, just not even a year, maybe six months after my dad passed away is when we had the near-death experience with my son, Asher. And uh, I just had a moment the other day because we got this uh, Apple Watch. It was part of the Black Friday deal. <laughs> but um, you got the Apple Watch, and it tracks your heart heartbeat. or heart, Yeah, the heartbeat. Heart rate. Thank you. And um, I was noticing my heart rate, and I was like, oh, my gosh. I cannot believe I had this moment, Asher's heart was uh, at 220 for 
I don't know, for hours. And, and, and so having that understanding of understanding my heart rate and a 220 heart rate, you should be sitting at, uh, Kellen, help me, about 70, 75. I don't know. <laughs> You're a doctor, right? And You're going to be one. <laughs> Um, so yes, like that was painful to go through seeing your son, uh, you know, being in a coma and, uh, and praying for him, believing that all of the pain. So with all of the pain and all of the good, being able to till all of that, God turns all things together for good and you become a changed person where the soil in your heart is healthy. It is whole. It's ready for the harvest of God. It's ready for new and exciting things to be planted in. So really for cultivating your soul, let God do some healing. Process your, your ish. Process not only your ish, but your good things with God. Process it. Meditate on his word. And you're going to be a completely changed and whole and amazing person. So number two, plant seeds of faith. So after you have a whole healthy, amazing soil that you can work with, um, you are then able, God can give you these amazing seeds of faith that he wants you to plant. And um, this, the faith seeds, um, I want to bring this up because I feel like our church, this campus, is going to be known as the faith church, the faith campus, Awaken Churches. And I feel that this campus specifically, like, wow, you guys are going to go out, you're going to go into the marketplace and your business and your home. And there's going to be something different in your language that distincts you where, oh my, they're carrying this faith that is unreal. And uh, we're basically, it's your belief because you've been meditating on the word. You know what you believe, you know what you can stand on. And so your faith then, whenever you get seed, whenever you can plant those seeds of faith in the ground, just God is going to move mightily. So I want us to be praying and thinking of prayers that maybe we haven't prayed in a long time. Maybe there's been some dreams in our life that have gone dormant or, you know, some, some of the bad stuff happened in our life and it killed those dreams. It killed the seeds of faith that you had. But uh, I want to encourage us to dream again and start thinking again of what God can do. What does God want from my family? What does God want in my in my relationships, in our, my home life, in, in my business, in my ministry. What does God want? And I would just want to be uninhibited by, uh, by any, you know, torment or ish that the enemy can send my way. I'm not even distracted by it. It's nothing. You know, things, arrows can come at me. And I'm shielded. I am good. My soil is good. I've grown. I've matured. And so now I'm going to start speaking out and declaring um, prayers that are going to change not only my world, but the world around me. And so those are the bold, audacious prayers that I want this campus to be so good at praying. So good. And I want those audacious prayers to be, to be really big and something that where you're like, no, for sure this is impossible with God. For, for sure. But nothing's impossible for God. It is all possible. So I need you to be writing down some prayers that are just insane. Wow, God is turning this whole place, not upside down, the right side up. And I'm called to be a part of this. This is incredible, this revival that's going on in Salt Lake City. It's this ripple effect going out. But also the small, the small things where, you know, it could just pray about your headache. 
It's not uncalled for to not pray for your headache. You pray for all the small things because God is so eager to answer your prayers. And he's a God of just continually, there's going to be new prayers answered in every season of your life. He wants to answer those prayers. So plant seeds of faith. So encouraging you, start to get a vision, start to write things down, and he's ready to answer. So the Lord answered. This is Luke 17, 6. If you had faith, even as small as a mustard seed, you can say to this mulberry tree, may you be uprooted and be planted in the sea and it would obey you. This is what faith can do in your life. Hebrews 11.1, it says, faith shows the reality of what we hope for. It is the evidence of things we cannot see. So just like a seed where it's planted in and covered up by the soil, we can't actually see what's going on over there. But we know, absolutely, I planted that broccoli seed. Of course, there's going to be broccoli that comes out of it. Duh. Or, you know, it's just, it's that simple. And so, but being able to plant seeds of tremendous, audacious prayers, we're going to see God answer it. Amen. Really quickly, I just want to say, I... uh, I heard this story, and it's actually from uh, Joanna Gaines. If you look her up, you'll see um, her and Chip. I love them. They're amazing. And I, I actually heard a story that with their faith story, she actually opened up the store Magnolia, and uh, she felt God say, you need to close down your shop because I want you to spend time with your kids. And so she obeyed God. She did it, but she felt like her dreams also died in the whole process. And uh, when she was really young, she felt like, you know, a little different and... And she felt this word like, oh, yeah, I'm going to have a platform one day. And I don't know what that means, a platform, but she felt God say that. And so, you know, when God was asking her to close the store, she uh, felt like all of her dreams were gone. But closely after that, a TV show contacted them, and then you know the rest of the story. So it's amazing what God can do. The things that, um, he, has, that he has planned and prepared for you, this amazing faith journey that only God can do. And so continue to plant seeds of faith, even though you, don't, you might not know if it's actually, if it looks dormant or whatever it could be. Um, Okay, so number three, going quickly into number three, the third key is water generously. (laughs) Water generously. This might seem really simple, but I thought Utah was like this magical place. Like I'm coming, again, like I said, I'm coming from California and um, I don't really, you know, we just got this house. I'm, I'm learning how the house is, but I'm planting these seeds in our garden in the backyard and um, like I just was thinking, wow, how amazing is this soil in Utah? Like I just planted it and then I go back out like a week later and it's just so green and lush and beautiful. And uh, I rarely have to water this. It's just amazing. And, um, and then something happened um, to our sprinklers. Our sprinklers broke and uh, they were running at night. And then soon to find out, I came to check on my beautiful, cute little garden and everything is just withering away. <laughs> so not knowing that it was having water the whole time, but it's not, Utah is very magical. But I actually was thinking, wow, it is so good. It is that good that you don't even need to water this thing. But no, I am wrong. I am wrong. Roland and Amanda. Thank you, coaches. I am wrong. But um, so water generously. Water is so important. And if you notice, number one, cultivate your soul. That's only something you can do. Number two, plant seeds of faith. That is something only you can do. Water generously. 
the, the symbolism behind water is the Holy Spirit. And when you have the Holy Spirit in your life, that is the third component of, make, of getting prepared and preparing yourself for this incredible harvest to come. You need to have the Holy Spirit. You can do the things on your own. You can read the Bible day and night. You can process these things with God, the good, the bad, bad and the ugly. You can cultivate your soil. You can, uh, you know, read all these amazing self-help books. You can, uh, you know, start declaring and speaking, um, you know, prophesying over your life and over your family, over your business. You can do all these things. But if you're only doing those things and you didn't have the Holy Spirit, if you didn't have the power of God raining down, it's worth nothing. Your, your, uh, the soil would be dry. The seed would not be activated. In fact, have you ever been on Instagram recently? And there's this thing that goes, Holy Spirit, activate. Holy Spirit, activate. Activate activate. Holy Spirit, activate. Okay, so good. So now every time you hear that, you're going to be like, okay, yes, I need the Holy Spirit to activate these audacious, bold prayers in my life. I need to be with them. I need to seek him. And every time when we have a worship night here, any time that, oh my gosh, you just know God is going to be there. He is going to show up. It could be in your car. You need to, everyone needs their own drop zone. Everyone needs their place where they are connecting with God in their home or in their car or anywhere. It's not just at church. But where is that place where you're connecting with God and it needs to be on a regular basis or else the plants are going to start withering and that is absolutely part of it. Another cool thing on water. So obviously we are in Utah and it's beautiful and it's white. There's snow everywhere and uh, snow is, is water, right? Like it's just, it's just a little frozen, but, um, but the, but the snow fell on our garden. So now like our garden is covered with snow. And so I was researching about snow and garden and um, so soul, sorry, no, soil, snow. Snow is actually a blanket for the soil that's underneath. So it's a protection layer. And uh, so the protection layer covers it. If you didn't have the snow in this type of weather, this type of freezing weather, the the freezing cold weather will actually uh, destroy the root system underneath. So it is so important to have this, uh, this covering of the snow. So it's so important to have a covering of the Holy Spirit. So it is so important when you're in your winter season, when you see some dormant things, when you see the leaves fall, when you don't see your garden flourishing, when you can be in a dormant season, it is so important to have the covering of the Holy Spirit. You cannot do this life without him. And in fact, it is so important to have the covering of the Holy Spirit during your winter season because it's preparing your soil underneath it actually is uh, producing even more nutrients. It's actually needed for when it is harvest season to have an incredible rich soil. It's actually protecting the ecosystem that's underneath. It's allowing the worms to still live and to do their thing. It's allowing all these things. So if we're able to understand the season that we might be in, we might be in a season of Job and you're hearing me say, oh, your heart 
harvest is coming. And you might get a little mad that I'm telling you your harvest is coming because you've been so defeated by seeing winter among, amongst you. You're, you're, trying, you're saying, no, I've been planting and I have been cultivating. I've been reading my word and I've been doing this and that. And there's nothing happening. You're telling me God's gonna provide an abundance and he's gonna bless me. Well, you know, well, where is it? Well, do you not see the covering of the Holy Spirit? Do you not see that this covering is needed for the types of seed that God wants to plant in your life, the types of seed that God wants to plant in your soil? Do you not see that the covering of the Holy Spirit is needed during this time to prepare you for the goodness and the blessing of God, the abundance, the fruitfulness? 30, 60, 100 fold, or just, you know, camp on Luke and just say, no, my, my blessing's gonna be 100 fold. <laughs> my harvest, it's gonna be 100 fold. That's the scripture I'm gonna stand on. And so I'm telling you that God loves you. He is so for you. And these hard times that we can go through actually produce this nutrient, actually produces an anointing that you can only, uh, that you can only reap if you, withstand the storm and you allow the Holy Spirit to cover you and protect you. So this is your season. Do not be discouraged. Do not be dismayed. God is for you and he is with you. I'm going to quickly pray over a couple of you. Of you. I'm really quick this morning. Um, Chris, and, Chris and Sarah, I don't, last name, Sarah, you're from Brazil. There you guys are. Can you guys stand up? Um, I was I was thinking of you guys this morning. We got to have dinner with them recently. But um, I was thinking of you guys this morning. And Chris, what I saw over you, I was praying for you guys. And I saw the word skyscraper. Skyscraper. So I don't know if you're actually in the business of making an actual skyscraper. If you are, that's awesome. But I actually, you might be though. What I was, uh, what the Holy Spirit was saying is that, because you were born and raised in the valley, right? You were born and raised in Salt Lake City. And there's something unique about you. You're adventurous. You're, you want, you like the thrill. You like to go after it. And so God is going to activate something inside of you that's gonna take you to a dream, that's gonna take you to a place that you never thought was possible. You can never even imagine. Imagine, skyscraper. These are one of the tallest things. You're going to be standing amongst other kings that are a part of the business world, and they're going to be in awe of, of what you are building. They're going to be in awe and inspired by, you, by what you're creating. They're like, man, how does he have the guts? God created you to have the guts. <laughs> He's created you to be an adventurer. He's created you to do this life of bungee jumping and thrill, a whole ride. He has this really cool mobile snowmobile thing. And it's scary, I think. But, <laughs> but God has created you that way so that you can actually break the mold and, and go forth and, and make amazing skyscrapers. So amen. Come on. And actually, I wanted to pray for our friends who are from Brazil. Who uh, So if you have moved to Salt Lake from Brazil, can you stand? Because I know this is the service that you guys are, that you're a part of. Can you guys stand? I want to pray for you guys. Come on. Thank you, Lord. 
Go ahead and you can just receive. This is a word from God. God, I thank you, Lord, for these amazing people, God. Lord, that Brazil is in a revival, but you have called them to be a part of Salt Lake City, to be a part of the revival that is happening here in Salt Lake. That they bring life, they bring fulfillment, they, they bring a culture that is different than the culture that's here, but they are needed for the, such a time as this. That, God, you're going to bless them, God. Lord, I see new businesses come out of them, Jesus. I see new businesses. I see just uh, families reunited. I see you bringing and activating, calling people out to, uh, to hear your voice once again, that they came here to Salt Lake City and they became dormant, but you guys are going to be the fire starters. You guys are going to be the one to activate the, the culture of all the Brazilians that are coming here that they are just going to be ignited, that the Holy Spirit does not uh, does not miss you, he, meaning he doesn't not see you. <laughs> and uh, and he, there's, for such a time as this, you are called to be here in Salt Lake City. And incredible. Final group, final group. If you are youth and young adult, youth or young adult, youth or young adult, youth meaning you're in high school or you could be younger, young adult, 29-ish, oh, please stand. Please stand, youth and young adult, youth and young adult. Come on, come on, come on. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. And then just reach out your hands to heaven. God, I thank you, Lord. I just bless them, God. Lord, that you're going to start activating and imparting new dreams and new visions, God. New dreams and new visions. God, we thank you for the harvest that is in the youth and the young adults of Salt Lake City. That they are going to be city changers city changers and and world shakers, God. Lord, that what comes out of the youth and the young adults of Salt Lake City is something like our world has never seen before. That there's going to be a creative flair to all of you. You're going to be so in tune with the Holy Spirit that you're going to start, there's going to be new songs that come out of this generation that point people to Jesus. You're going to start speaking out that the businesses that you create, there's a touch of God on it because it's time for you to speak out that God wants to use your voice for such a time as this. Do not doubt. Do not put your head down and walk through life feeling like you haven't been seen or feel like, you know, have I missed it? No, lift your head high and see that God has called you for such a time as this. He is activating a revival in your generation in Jesus' mighty name. Thanks for listening. To find out more about our locations, team, and what we do here at Awakened Church, go to awakenchurch.com.